What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG Podcast, episode 86. So I guess you can call this our Jordan Reed episode. And I'm coming to the realization and I'm coming down to the fact that our player shout-out episodes will be over pretty soon because I plan on being over 100 episodes in the near future because football season is around the corner. And like I've told you guys um, in recent episodes and things like that, I plan on pushing out a lot of content, as you guys have seen. So before we get into the episode, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to comment, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. We're about 70% to 1K followers. And like I've always said, guys, I got a special giveaway once we hit 1,000 followers. I don't want to give it away just yet make sure we hit 1,000 followers because nobody in the Washington Commanders community is doing what I'm doing for this 1,000 subscriber get, uh, giveaway so let's let's make sure we get there um, as a give you a timestamp as I do for all of my episodes guys today is Wednesday August 2nd it's about um, 2023 and it's about 8 o'clock p.m. Um, so with that date you know that we're in the nitty-gritty of training camp the dog days of training camp are here so I wanted to get away from some training camp coverage I actually haven't been out there since last week the next time I'll be out there guys is next Tuesday, August 8th, I'll be out there next Tuesday, August 8th, next Wednesday, August 9th, and I think I'll be out there again August 13th, I believe. So I'll be out there in preparation for them getting ready for their preseason debut um, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so I think a lot of game plan, a lot of install. Not too much because it is preseason, um, but I'm excited to see that. So all, all you guys hitting up on Hitting us up on X, hitting us up on Instagram, asking for the coverage. Um, I don't have boots on the ground again until Tuesday and Wednesday. But, you know, once we get down there, you know, we got the boots on the ground. You know, we getting our rapid fire tweets, rapid fire posts, whatever it is on X nowadays uh, at every millisecond. So be sure to be checking out the page on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. But I wanted to get away from training camp coverage, like I said, and I wanted to have some fun with today's episode. It's a short episode, um, but I wanted to get into uh, a, a controversial take, or what many may think might be a controversial take. Um, but today's episode will be the five reasons the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in 2023. Yes, you heard me. The five reasons the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in 2023. So I'll be going in descending order, decrescendo order. So I'll be going from five to one. Um, and like I said, we're in the dog days of training camp. So every NFL fan is hype about their squad right now. And I think this is the perfect time to do this episode because with the posts, with the media, with the tweets and things that I've been reading. And like I said, every NFL fan, this is the delusional time um, of year where they think that every NFL fan has a shot. But I'm going to give you the five actual reasons why the Washington Commanders might actually have a shot to be Super Bowl contenders in 2023. So get ready, buckle up, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So I'm going to start with number five, and like I said, I'm going to work my way to number one. So with number five, number five is Eric Bieniemy, our new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, takes it personally a la Michael Jordan and makes the league regret passing him up. I think that we've all heard the numbers. Um, I think that we've all heard the stories. If you guys don't know, I think the actual number is that Eric Bieniemy, before he uh, took the job as the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator, 
This is a guy that had 16 interviews for 15 teams and was passed up for each and every one of them. Um, so, you know, he was relegated to take, and some of those were head coaching roles and things like that. So he was relegated to take an offensive coordinator role with the Washington Commanders. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people are doubting Eric B. Enemy. Um, even recent comments is, you know, mentioning, um, you know, his lack of input in the Netflix series quarterback with Patrick Mahomes. And it was a lot of talk when we brought him over, um, when we initially hired him to be an offensive coordinator. Not in just the Washington commander community, but in the NFL community um, as a whole. You know, everybody's questioning. It's like, you know, he's been a part of this, you know, dynasty type offense and things like that. Why does he keep getting passed up on interviews? And a lot of people talk about his coaching style and things like that. But I I have heard people mention that he's not as involved in the schematics and in the offensive game plan as you would like him to be. You know, some people say that that's all Andy Reid. You know, that was what LaShawn McCoy was saying um, in the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl about Eric Bieniemy. He was like, Eric Bieniemy, you don't do nothing but just sit and yell at guys. And I guess what? He has the opportunity to prove LaShawn McCoy right. And, you know, those naysayers right. But he has the opportunity to prove these guys wrong and, you know, make the league pay. Um, he's been passed up on these interviews, but guess what? He's in Washington now, and he has the horses. He has the horses. If you look at the receiver core, I think that this is a top 10 receiver core with Terry McLaurin, with Jahan Dotson, with Curtis Samuel. You know what they're going to give you. And then we're hearing that De'Ami Brown is making breakout play. After, this is De'Ami Brown's breakout training camp. You know, he's making play after play after play every day. And I think that Logan Thomas is back healthy. Uh, uh, you know, the last two days that we were out there last week, I told you Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Robinson was arguably the best player on the entire field. So you have the horses on your offense, and I think that he's going to implement some of the things that he learned under, you know, Andy Reid and, you know, put it into, you know, what we see with the Commanders in 2023. I saw a lot of pre-snap motion. I saw a lot of, you know, positionless type football where you have guys that might be, you know, labeled as a receiver lining up in the backfield. I saw a lot of that in our Tuesdays out in Ashburn last week. So I think he's going to take a lot of that window dressing um, element from the uh, Kansas City offense and, you know, bring that to Washington and I think we have the speed and you know the quarterback um the quarterback is still a question the quarterback position is still a question and we're going to touch on that later in our list nice little teaser we're going to touch on that later in our list but he has the horses as far as the skill positions um I think that you might argue that outside of Travis Kelsey um the stable that he has in Washington this year is better than his stable that he had at Kansas City this past year now not throughout his entire you know realm as the offensive uh, as the offensive coordinator in Kansas City when he had the likes of you know a Kareem Hunt or Tyreek Hill and things like that but just stacking up skill position stable from the commanders uh, this year to the Kansas City Chiefs last year I think that we have some horses that can definitely compete and that was the team that won the Super Bowl last year so if we pair that with an elite defense or what we presume to be an elite defense hey why not make why not why why wouldn't we be Super Bowl contenders and you know that's what this episode is all about so moving on to number four number four isn't so much doing with just the commanders um, in itself but it has to do with the league in a whole and the NFC is super weak this year from the outside looking in 
You know, you can never count your eggs before they hatch or anything like that. But if you're from the outside looking in and what, you know, what presume, what we presume to be or what we presume the 2023 season to play out like, um, the NFC is looking kind of weak. You know, Tom Brady retired, so the Buccaneers are looking to go through a rebuild. Aaron Rodgers is out of the conference in a hole, um, being traded to the Jets and, you know, being in the AFC is now. And outside of Philly and San Fran, there's nobody that you can look at going into the 2000. 2023 season that you can convince me can be an elite tier one NFL team with the elites of the AFC like the Buffalo, like a Kansas City, and like um, a Cincinnati. Like I said, outside of Philly and San Fran, I'll give you those two. And this is before the season. You know, like I said, you never want to play the schedule game. You never want to, you know, make assumptions in the NFL um, season before it happens. But guess what? We all do in the NFL media and things like that. Um, so going into the season, Philly and um, San Fran are the only elite tier one teams that I see in the NFC. Don't give me that Dallas Cowboy bullshit. Please do not give me that Dallas Cowboy bullshit. I don't care how much how much talent you think you have on your roster. Y'all tell me that shit year after year after year, and y'all make the playoffs or not make the playoffs in full, whether it be in the first round or in the regular season. So I really don't want to hear about the Dallas Cowboys. And then if you look past them, you see the likes of like the Minnesota Vikings, who I wouldn't I wouldn't deem elite. And then if you look past them, who else? Um, the Seattle Seahawks, who I think might take a dip this season. I think that G um, Geno Smith might come back down to reality, um, resulting in, in the team, you know, taking a dip from last year when Seattle surprised a lot of teams and were, you know, um, NFC playoff contenders. I think that they might regress this offseason. And once you get into the tournament, like I said, the big picture. This episode is about the five reasons why we're going to make it into the Super Bowl. So I'm not even worried about getting into the playoffs. But as the old adage goes, once you get into the tournament, anything can happen. This is not the NBA. This is not the NF NHL where you have seven-game series where the best team more than likely is going to win and things like that. This is this is March Madness. This is a one-off. This is a one-off. Any given Sunday type shit. And once you get into the tournament in the NFL playoffs, any anything can happen. Look at the 2007 Giants, right? Like, nobody expected them to win the championship, let alone beat the undefeated Patriots going into the playoffs and things like that. And... Like it's the old adage. It's the old adage. Everybody who's you know, everybody that's somebody that knows about NFL football knows that once you get into the tournament in a one-off type setting, win, lose, um, win or go home, anything can happen. So the number four reason why the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in 2023 is that the NFC is pretty weak in the hole. And once you get into the tournament, hey, I'm taking my money on the Commanders to go all the way. Our number three reason that the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in the 2023 season is that our number two pick in the 2020, 2020 draft, excuse me, defensive end Chase Young finally lives up to that generational hype. Listen to what I said. He finally lives up to that generational, generational hype. This is a guy, I think that we forget, this is a guy that was deemed a generational pass rusher when he was coming out of the 2020 draft. And while he had a good rookie season, if you look back, it wasn't anything spectacular. It's not anything that's going to go down in the in the history books. And I think that, I think Grant Paulson said it best. As he said, while his rookie season was good, and you know, the defensive rookie of the year was very well deserved and things like that. If you look at 
this if you looked at his stat line and looked at it from a lens of a three or four year player, you would have just thought that that was a solid year. Far from generational, that generational tag that he had coming out of the Ohio State University. And that, we're talking about his best stretch of football. We know about him struggling in the nine games in the 2021 season, then getting hurt, missing majority of 2022, and then coming back. In those three games, and while making a couple splash plays, not looking anywhere near the generational type of pass rusher that we thought we were getting when we were drafting Chase Young with the um, number two overall pick in the 2020 draft class. And remember, big picture lens, we're talking about the Super Bowl. Generational pass rushers, they win games. Generational pass rushers, they win playoff games. Think about a guy like Aaron Donald. Think about a guy like Chris Jones. Both of these guys are generational type pass rushers for the defensive tackle position. If you look at those sack numbers, Aaron Donald and Chris Jones might end up in the top five um, career sack numbers for defensive tackles. So both of those guys are generational pass rushers. I don't care where it comes from. And if you want to even go back to like the Denver Broncos Super Bowl with a guy like Von Miller who simply dominated that AFC championship game and single-handedly, um, I, I don't want to say single-handedly, but because it is a team game. But we know what Von Miller did in that 2015 playoff postseason run um, on the way to the Denver Broncos winning the Super Bowl. Generational pass rushers, they not only win regular season games, they win playoff games, as I mentioned. They win big games because guess what? Those are when you're going to face the elite quarterbacks and nothing nothing rattles them like quick pressure. Nothing, nothing rattles them like them feeling like they don't have time in the pocket, and that's what wins those games. Even if you don't have a quarterback that's going to be matching up with these elite quarterbacks, par for par. Even if you don't think that you know you get to the NFC Championship, and you don't think that Sam Howell can match up with Jalen Hurts, you know, you know, uh, single handedly, you know, in a one off quarterback battle and things like that. But guess what? When I got these D, this D line with me, when I got this generational pass rusher who's putting up 17 and a half sacks on his way to 20 sacks of this season, I don't need to be matched up with, I don't need to be playing even with Jalen Hurts because I guess what? This generational pass rusher is going to cause Jalen Hurts to not be Jalen Hurts today. Right? And that's what we see time and time again. Going back to the 2007 uh, Giants with that pass rush, when they had generational pass rushers like a Michael Strahan, like a Justin Tuck, like an O.C. Yerman Yur, and with this defensive line already being dominant and being top five without Chase Young playing good down last year, if he can return to this generational tag and this generational hype that we were giving him coming out of the University of Ohio State and put together a 2023 Defensive Player of the Year type season, Think of a Nick Bosa. Think about what a Nick Bosa does for a San Francisco 49er defense. And know while they haven't won a Super Bowl in recent years, they made it. They made it. We consider the San Francisco 49ers to be Super Bowl contenders year in and year out. And Nick Bosa is a reason why, is a huge reason why. Because that is a generational pass rusher. And I think that this is the year that Chase Young puts it all together. Like I told you, I was there two days in camp last week. I saw the get off. I saw the explosion. I saw him fucking Charles Long up. Pads or no pads. I, I, I saw the type of football movement that I, I know the type of football movement that I saw. I saw him using moves other than a bull rush. I saw him ditch the knee brace and look twitchy and look like the twitchy type of athlete that we saw in 2020. So if he can put that 2020 type of athlete in with some 2023 techniques, you know, he went to visit Larry Johnson this past summer and things like that. The sky is the limit. 
Um, he's going to add a generational pass rusher to what was already a top five defense. And guess what? Why wouldn't we make the Super Bowl at that point? Um, so that was number three um, reason why the Washington Commanders would uh, be Super Bowl contenders in 2023. And that's Chase Young finally lives up to that generational hype. Number two. Number two, talking about the quarterback position when I was mentioning Eric Bieniemy, the number two reason why the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in 2023 is Sam Howell lives up to the hype and is the franchise's answer at the quarterback position. We all know this is a passing league now. That old adage that defenses win championships, that's bullshit. No matter how good your defense is, you're going to need an offense that can hold his head above water, that's able to put up at least 24 points a game to contend in the modern-day um, NFL. Um, like I said, offenses win championships. Offenses, offenses win championships nowadays. Just ask the Kansas City Chiefs. Just ask the Los Angeles Rams. And as I mentioned when I was talking about Eric Bieniemy. We have the horses. I think that Sam Howell is a guy that has the arm talent um, to be able to push the ball downfield. I think that he's going to unlock a whole a whole new game out of Terry McLaurin. Think about Terry McLaurin's debut, NFL debut, when he had that 70-yard reception against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and we never, we haven't necessarily seen him um, be able to utilize that deep, um, deep ball threat um, until like a game against the Dallas Cowboys in week 18 what a sort of quarterback like Sam Howell I think that we have the potential to unlock a whole different game and that deep aspect with Terry McLaurin I think that Jahan Dotson is a guy that's going to put up a thousand yards also this year if the quarterback plays competent and I'm telling you it will be that's why the Washington Commanders are, you know, Super Bowl contenders in 2023. Told you before, Brian Robinson um, is going to be, you know, holding up his own in the rushing department. So if Sam Howe becomes the, the franchise's answer at the quarterback position, you can not only pair this elite offense with this elite defense, and that's the formula for the Super Bowl. He has Eric Bieniemy, who I mentioned in reason number five. He's out to prove something. So he's going to be dialing that shit up. He's going to be dialing up wide open guys. And I think that Sam Tao not only has the, the arm talent, but I think that he has, you know, the character and the work ethic to, you know, be the franchise's answer at the quarterback position. Um, with not only his arm strength, I told you um, last week he was thrown with anticipation and things like that. Now they've they've mentioned that he struggled and, you know, the, the training camp practices since, the ones that I haven't been at. But if we expect this defense to be as elite as it's going to be, why wouldn't we expect him to struggle in the early stages of training camp um, in his first year as a, um, as a, you know, starting quarterback? So I just need him to be good by September 10th. If he's the franchise's answer at September, by September 10th, which I'm telling you he will be, the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in 2023. Now, moving on to the number one reason. The number one reason, the biggest, the biggest sole reason why the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in 2023, Dan the Dweeb Snyder is gone. We are under the hog era in the Washington, you know, commanders community. This is the Harris Ownership Group era. The dark cloud that's been over this organization for the last 24 years is gone. It's gone. We have no reason. And I know, I know, if you're still watching this video, I know you as a Washington Redskins football team and commander fan, I know there have been some Sundays at 425. I know there's been some Mondays at 11 o'clock where you felt like the NFL was against you. 
You felt like, you know, the call didn't go your way. Think about the last game against the Giants when they're telling Terry McCorn that he's on the line and he's off the line. I know there's some losses in the last 24 years that you just simply blamed on the owner. Rightfully so. You just felt like the NFL was out to get us because we had a fucking tyrant midget as an owner. I know it. I've been in your shoes. I was just in your shoes last season. But guess what, guys? All of that is over and all of that is done with now. The dweeb is gone. So we have no reason to feel like the NFL is against us. The name has changed, no matter if you like it or not. Because I'm here to tell you that some people in the NFL circles did not like that name at, at, um, at, at, at all. They did not like that name as well. So that reason is gone. Dan the Dweeb Snyder is gone. And we got Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and Mitchell Rails owning this. And the Washington Redskins Commanders football team, they're just like the New York Knicks in the, in the NBA. The NFL is better when the Washington Commanders are good. You heard Sean Payton just mention it in an interview, I think just in February. We're one of the six pillar organizations of the NFL. And Dan Dweeb ruined that in just 24 years. But guess what? All of that is over. All of that is over. You think back in an interview, I think he did in like 2014, you know, Mike Carey, he said that, you know, he didn't acknowledge it, but he was like subconsciously, you know, I would be a fool to not think that, you know, some of my calls impacted, impacted you know, Washington games based on the name. Well, that's not there. Dan's gone. There's no excuse to have a black cloud over this um, organization. And it's time for us to be one of the pillar organizations in the NFL again. Um, and if the NFL wants to put us in a great light, why not do it by winning the Super Bowl in, you know, Josh Harris's first year as Washington Commanders owner? That sounds pretty good to me. So that'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast. Hopefully you guys have felt me on my five reasons why the Washington Commanders will be Super Bowl contenders in 2023. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our social media pages. Check out our Instagram. Our Instagram is at BleedingBNG. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G. B-N-G. Check out our Twitter or our X. Um, we'll be changing that overlay soon. I guess it's X now. So check out our X. You know, we be cutting up over there on X um, with the raw analysis. Check out our X. The um, handle for X is t- a tad bit different. That one is at Bleeding BNG, B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G in our X slash Twitter handle, whatever you want to call it. And if you're listening, if you're listening to this on audio-only platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating. Be sure to leave a review. Let's finesse these algorithms so that when you're searching anything Washington Commanders, Bleeding BNG is the number one content hub that comes up in that search engine. As always, um, like I said, I'll be uh, boots on the ground in Ashburn um, next week so be sure to be tapped into the pages be sure to be looking for some more YouTube content we got a lot of content coming because the season is here football is here so as always thank you guys for tuning in and I'll check in on you guys later peace